Your reality is spiritual. His truth is His truth. And if we can align with God's reality, we will finally be living by reality. Um, will you um, open your Bibles to Romans 10, Romans chapter 10. I want to start there. I want to start out, um, I'm going to introduce with, with something that we've been talking about for all month, okay, um, which, which is Advent, which is um, the Lord put, before this Christmas season, he put on my heart the scripture, and I had no idea what I was supposed to do with it at the time, but of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end, or there shall be no end. I'm like, wow, what are we going to do with that? And he's shown me that um, these, these candles, the reason we do this, and these are the values of the kingdom, hope, love, joy, peace. There are probably others, but these are values. Now, one of the things I've been saying all month is that values are chosen. You have to choose in, okay? You can't, for, you can force and obedience through like lawfulness or punishment if you don't but there's no punishment in the kingdom of God you cannot force values values are are chosen willingly by someone every parent knows this <laughs> okay is I did the trick question a few weeks ago is God in control we always say yes well um God is in charge but he's a, he's a good, good father, right? We're, we participate, and, um, and he does not have any desire to control you. Um, we get to choose things, and we choose the value of the kingdom. Now, that's leading us to this passage. The second thing I've been talking about is faith is not one of these candles, so to speak. Faith is the currency of the kingdom. And I've realized as I've been talking about this all month that um, that what is one of the things we've been saying? Currency, you can't make your own, you can't whip it up, you can't take a dollar bill and turn it into more, um, at least not in and of itself. So I realized, I didn't realize, the Lord showed me that I needed to talk about, so how, how do we get more? We're supposed to get more, right? We're increasing in the currency. I want to begin um, to talk about that and, and show you that here, okay? In Romans 10, verse 14, if I didn't give it to you yet. This is a passage about faith, okay? And it says, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they're sent? Now here it is, as it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, um, that's you, by the way. I'm not, that's, I'm not reading that because I'm standing up here. That's you. <laughs> How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. But they, now listen, here's why I'm reading this. But they have not all obeyed the gospel, for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? And then verse 17 so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now listen, um, I know you all are, or most of you are probably very familiar with that scripture, right? And maybe even the concept I'm about to share next. You know, there are different words for the word word. <laughs> that, that was weird. Did you catch that? Different words. This one is rhema. 
Okay, this is, this is a particular word, type of word that is the fresh breathed, the, the spirit word of God to you. That's not talking about this word. I mean, he will do it through the written word, but that's not what that word is. That word is the freshly breathed word of God to you. In, in relationship, he speaks, right? Y'all, y'all are in this relationship with him. This is the rhema word of God. It says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, his freshly breathed word to your heart. Okay, now um, here's what I want to tell you. Um, it's so very important to know what the ministry of Jesus was. Now, I know that sounds like a duh, um, and I get it. But, you know, so obviously he, he came to be the lamb of the world, to make that final messianic uh, sacrifice that was prophesied through his people, to be covered, to, to go to the cross, to rise. Again, we know all that. Um, and I don't mean to minimize. I don't mean to make light. That's why we're going to this table again today, okay? But what I want to tell you, do you really understand from the time, the three-year earthly ministry, do you understand what his ministry was? He was going to complete it that way. What do you do? Let me say this. What do you do? He said it's finished, right? Do you know what that means? It means it's what, the, what that literally means is it's perfected. It's complete. It's perfect. Nothing has to be added to it, okay? But before he got to the point of finishing it, what did he spend all of his time on? What, why was he born in a manger, grow up into a man, and then have an earthly ministry? His ministry, now you're going to know this. If, you don't, if you're not tracking already, you're going to know as soon as I say it. He was only ever saying and doing one thing. He was, he was manifesting a kingdom. And he was saying, um, a kingdom has come upon you. Um, we may read some of those places where he says that. Uh, but do you know what upon you means? I mean, when you look very literally, it means it within reach. Is literally has like hand. It means it's within your reach. What Jesus did was take a kingdom that was afar off. You'll find those words all through the word of God. It was afar off. It was unaccessible. And he made it accessible. Um, Uh-oh, I may never get to my notes. Um, do you know what they said about him? They said that, uh, that he taught as one with authority, right? Now, what does that mean? It means he didn't just talk about things. That's what that means. It means anything that he had to say, he also manifested. That's, that's as one with authority. Okay, now, now why? Because he was bringing a kingdom from afar off. He wasn't going to go around and talk about things. He was going to bring something accessible, something that is of heaven to happen here. Okay, now here's the, that's mind-blowing, but here's the mind-blowing part. That's also, that's also his word on us. You, you got it? So like even when he sent out the 12, he said, I, what did he say? He said, I send you with power and authority. Why did he say that? Because, because he was setting the example. He was showing the way of God, and he was saying, uh, you know, it was the Pharisees who said of Jesus. They, they were the ones who marveled and said he teaches as one with authority. 
So essentially, those who were against him, those who were resistant, couldn't help but go, look at him. He teaches as one with authority. And then Jesus sent out the 12 and said, uh, and said go, I give you my power and authority. And then what did he say? Go, go tell them what? The kingdom of heaven is upon you. Tell them the good news of the kingdom. And he sent them with authority. What does that mean? That means he sent them in like manner. In the same thing that he was doing, they were sent to, to say it, to teach it, to tell people and show them. And manifest it. And just in case you're thinking it's just for them special guys, what did he do with the 72? He sent them out exactly the same way. It's almost like there's a repeating pattern here. That fell flat. (laughs) So you too, right? Okay, so there's a kingdom upon us. Now, now here's really um, what I'm supposed to say. Um. That was pretty good, but that was just the lead up. Um, All month we've been talking about this, spending the currency to choose the values so that we have the fullness of God, right? Um, What I have to say is, and this is what the Lord put on my heart. I'm just going to be very bold and tell you, in prayer for you, for this body, this is what the Lord put on my heart. We tend... And we're going to talk about this today. We tend to use the mind to try to get our breakthrough. Okay? We tend to use the things, the things of this world. Go ahead and include your mind. Now, your mind, Romans 12 says your mind is being renewed, but how does that happen? As a living sacrifice, right? For the renewal of the mind. In other words, the word of God is, is establishing that the mind is broken. <laughs> and you know you cannot use a broken thing to fix a broken thing, okay? But the, there's good news here. Um, he does mean for it to be fixed, <laughs> okay? Renewed, and how does that happen? It's the things of the Spirit that renew it. Now, I'm telling you what we do. We try to think our way through it. How many of you are in a dark spot? You don't have to raise your hands, actually. I, I, know, you, I know you all are. <laughs> and so am I. We're, we're, he has us go through things, um, and, and he means that for your blessing. You are going through this impossible hard thing in your family, in your, what, what, whatever region it's in, okay? You're going through this thing, and we tend to try to think our way through it. Or we even have beliefs like, if I just know all the word of God, I can think my way through this. I can apply the truth in some kind of mechanical way and it'll get me from here to there. And the word of God never says that. It says we draw, it's faith that draws of the things of the spirit to fix the mind. Now this morning we're going to, I think we are eventually going to talk about joy. Um, In fact, I'm going to go ahead and move. I just had to say that first. Although I've got to do this, John um, chapter 6, 63, just the words of Jesus, just to finish that thought before we apply that huge truth. It is the spirit who gives life, the flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. Okay, now that's the rhema word of God. It's so important. Um, Scholars can be the most lost people on the planet. Do you understand that? It's the things of the spirit 
It's the Jesus's words, and it's great that we have many of them written, but Jesus's words to you, drawing from in the spirit is where there is spirit in life, in the rhema word of God. Amen. Thank you for that. (laughs) Okay. Um, Okay, go with me to Psalm chapter 16. I just wanted to make sure that that thought was finished. Uh, And it's not finished. We're going to do this all morning. I'm also going to bring back one more thing that we've done, okay, and then we're going to push on, and I'm going to do it with this psalm. Psalm 16, right in verse 1, it says, this is David, preserve me, O God, for in you I put my trust. Now listen to this line. O my soul, you have said to the Lord, you're my Lord. You know, he's, he's, he's talking to his own soul. <laughs> like, weird, but I'm telling you, there's a, that's what we're supposed to do. Do you know whether you know it or not? You have a conversation with the, the place where the things of the Spirit happen. And it's not not necessarily, uh, much of the time, it's not in alignment with your mind. Now, as your mind renews, you you take on the mind of Christ, you begin to get perfect alignment between the things of the spirit and the mind. Are you tracking? He's talking to his soul. Oh, my soul, you have said to the Lord, you're my Lord. My goodness is nothing apart from you. As for the saints who are on the earth, they are the excellent ones in whom is all my delight. Their sorrows shall be multiplied who hasten after another God. Their drink offerings of blood I will not offer, nor take up the names on my lips. O Lord, you are the portion of my inheritance and my cup. You maintain my lot. You don't know how painful it is for me to be reading this and not stopping, and <laughs> but I'm being very disciplined. The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. Yes, I have a good inheritance. Now, here's why we're reading this. I will bless the Lord who's given me counsel. Now, listen, he's acknowledging where counsel comes from. I will bless the Lord who's given me counsel. Every good thing, anything that has wisdom, anything that has value. And I just want you to know, in other words, there's no way he's talking about the mind. Why can I say that? Because God, God meets us in our true self. We're the, at the place of the spirit, God meets us. Now listen to this. And he says, my heart also instructs me in the night seasons. Just first of all, notice that it says in the night season. So um, throughout this morning, I think we're going to be talking about um, what in, from the desolate place, <laughs> from the dark place. What does he say? My heart instructs me. Do you see the conversation between like where, where counsel comes from? We tend to think backwards. We think counsel comes, I'm going to think my way through this hard thing. The word of God never presents that. And David David knew something here. He's saying he's being instructed from the place of the Spirit, from the counsel that God put in the place of the Spirit instructs the mind. We are moving towards joy, trust me, but I want to remind you of um, Psalm 42, verse 5. Um, We talked about this either last week or the week before, and this is where here, I want to show you that I'm not 
pulling out something crazy. I'm not trying to stretch the word of God into something that it's not. Okay, if I can't show you that it strings throughout the word, then you should, you should not just take it. You should, you know, reject it. Because <laughs> God is God. It should string through. Here, here David is saying, why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Those are rhetorical questions. He's being sarcastic with himself. It's, he's basically going, quit it <laughs> with those questions. Why can I say that? Because the next word, is, he says, hope in God, right? He's, he's commanding his soul. He's choosing with his will the values. You got it? He's saying, hope in God, and he says, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance or the help of his face, literally, his, his very real activity in my life. I'm going to do that. All of that to say, what we're going to talk about this morning, um, actually there's more, I keep doing that. Um, we're going to go on to verse 8, but I want you to gather that um, there is an aspect where th this is where our will comes into our faith. You know, your will has a place in your faith. And this is that place where it happens. You know, there's lots of things you can't do with your will. It's walking in fellowship with him is about his will, right? But you have one too, and he meant it that way. This is where your will participates in the choosing of these things. And I'm telling you, just bear in mind that what it said there was in the night season. That's going to be important as we move forward. Verse 8 said, I have set the Lord always before me. Because he's at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Now listen, you know, there's one thing. I, I love David, uh, like all of God's kids, you guys and the guys I read about in the Bible. But I love David because he pulls, he, he, he is always pulling future things into his day. He walks around pulling the things of God that really aren't yet, and he rips it into his day. And, um, and that's happening right here. He says, um, he, how audacious is it? Because he's at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Do you know you put, like um, the king puts the queen at his right hand or Jesus sits at the right hand of the father. It's like, do you understand how nervy that is to say God is at my right hand? But that, that's David, he's, he's pulling, the, and that's why he's not going to be moved. Okay, and he says, um, therefore my heart is glad, remember we're talking about in the night season, in the desolate, the dark place. He's saying, therefore my heart is glad, that's present. And my glory rejoices, my flesh also will rest in hope. I'm pretty sure in the spring we're going to do a whole series on rest because um, they, they failed to enter the rest of God. We're not going to do that. Um, and verse 10, for you will not leave me in Sheol, in other words, in this dark place, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You will show me the path of life. Now, this is really why we're reading this. In your presence is fullness of joy. Now, listen to me. There, there's one thing that they understood. David at least. I'm saying they all understood it, but like Moses did and David did and um, some, some of the cool kids understood that in presence is fullness of joy. Now, I should have noticed fullness is a measurement word. And this is going to be really important. Get this. Um, you have joy. Say, I have joy. 
Yes, even the one of you or the many of you in here that are in a situation that's so dark, you're like, I think this is going to kill me and my whole family. You have joy. I can say that because I know what God gives in the spirit place. But this is talking about fullness of joy, okay? And where is it? In his presence, capital P, presence. The presence of God. You know, without his presence, we're sunk, okay? And he's, I didn't, never told you why. The, the way David is pulling the future in here is that he's already talking about the kingdom of heaven being accessible <laughs> before the work of Christ. He's saying, um, he's at my right hand. Are you kidding? That's within reach. You see, it's so important to know, and this is where we're going, okay? It is so critical to understand that even when you're in the night season, in that hard thing that God has in his sovereignty is going to say, you're going to walk through this and, I, and don't worry, I'm with you, but you're going to walk through this even in that place where it's impossible and it doesn't make sense, the things of the kingdom are accessible. Joy is accessible. I can tell you that because, well, because it's true. Because it's in the word of God. That's why I can tell you that. And now I wanted to, like if, if I had six hours this morning, I could literally go through, I could show you this same thing time and again and again and again and again in the word of God. The kingdom of God is within your reach. It is faith that, where is the kingdom of God? Within. There, there's somewhere in the big book, it says, Jesus, uh, it says, it's not something where you're gonna say, it's, oh, oh, look, it's over there, or here, I found it, here it is. The kingdom is within, and it's faith that reaches in and grabs what's accessible, even impossible things like joy in the night season. <laughs> um, okay. Okay, I'm going to do this. Go to um, Isaiah chapter 9. Um, and that's really, I know you can't tell, but that's what we've been doing the whole time. We're, we're in this passage. All month, we're in this passage. Um, the, it, it prophesies of Jesus that the government would be upon his, his shoulders. Then again, in the same passage, it says, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. That's good news. That's good news. Okay, um, but like, what does that mean? So we've been going through this passage, and I want to skip to, um, start in verse 2. For time's sake, because I have so many good things, and I have to do it. Um, it starts in saying, the people um, who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Now remember, the first chapter of the Gospel of John tells us that this prophecy is now fulfilled in our time, okay? Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. Now I'm going to read the paragraph I've been kind of like skimming over for the month because we weren't going to do it yet. Starting verse 3, it says, You've multiplied the nation and increased its joy. They rejoice before you. Now listen, two different things we're going to get here. The first one, according to the joy of harvest, that's one, as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. That's two. Now, now let me break this down. They are two different things, and it's, it's important to get this part. This is like a side note, but you, sometimes you just you have to have the side note to really get it. 
The first thing is, is according to the joy of harvest, do you know that he means for you to share in the joy of fruitfulness? It's not necessarily what you're doing when you're in the night season. Are you tracking? But it is his intention. It is his spoken word over you that he's bringing you to a place of sharing in the joy of the harvest and being a kingdom fruitful person. It's atta- in other words, it's attached to, th- it is joy is one of these that is actually attached to things. And that's okay, don't get nervous. I'm not about to preach a prosperity gospel. I'm just telling you, he does mean for us to have joy in actual things. He is actually God. <laughs> he actually does wonderful, marvelous things. It's hard to hold on to that in the night season. Um, which this Isaiah passage was, was spoken in. And it's all through the passage. It speaks of war. Well, the next line, as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. Now remember in their pattern of language, the way that they spoke when it says, at, the word as means, now let me tell you what manner. So the first one is sharing in the joy of harvest. And then it's like, yeah, but how? In the manner of like um, sharing and dividing the spoil. Sharing in the victory of a warfare. That's, that's how. Okay? That's what's being prophesied here. And I just want you to know that that's in the Christmas passage. Verse 6 says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. In other words, he's establishing a government that is bringing that joy. But don't lose sight of what we talked about to lead up to this. Joy is one of those things of the kingdom of God that is pulled forth with faith in order to be brought here. You can't think yourself to it. There are so many passages I could read that talk about the foolishness of the mind. The mind actually wars against it until fully renewed. Joy is something that is an impossible thing of the kingdom, impossible even when the season is at its worst. It's still accessible. Why do I say that? Because the entire message of Jesus is that the kingdom is upon you. I make it accessible to you, Jesus says. (laughs) Air five. Okay, now I'm going to do something. Go to 1 Chronicles um, chapter 29. This is going to feel really weird um we're doing it anyway (laughs) and i'm just going to start reading i'm going to read a bunch of scripture and then it's going to lead us to absolute gold that i think can really transform our ability do you want to access your joy even when things are at its worst you have to because you know the word of god says that that's where your strength is um the our joy joy the joy of the lord is your strength (laughs) <laughs> you have to access it. When do you need strength the most? When it's at its worst. And it's accessible. <laughs> okay, verse 10. Therefore, oh, now I've got to give you the context. Let me tell you, um, I'm always blessed by <laughs> how the Spirit has hurt you, the songs and think, the worship and, and parts that we were singing about this offering. But the context here is that they are getting ready to build the house of the Lord. This is David that that we're about to read again, okay, or still, because he's the same one who wrote those psalms, okay? 
And, um, and what, the, what the context is, is they, they need the temple to be built. And they, the people are beginning to bring their offerings. The stuff, the wealth, the goods, the building materials, the articles, you know, gold. They're bringing all the stuff for the temple willingly and with joy. That's, that's the context here. So I'm going to start reading. Therefore, because of that, David blessed the Lord before all the assembly. And David said... Blessed are you, Lord God of Israel, our Father forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power and the glory, the victory and the majesty. See, he knows him. That This is the spirit of praise. Okay, The spirit of praise is merely an acknowledgement of who you are and so therefore who I am. That's praise. It's really that easy. For all that is in heaven and earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are our are exalted as head over all. Both riches and honor come from you, and you reign over all. You see, we're talking about government. You reign over all. In your hand is power and might. In your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. Now, therefore, our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. Now, listen, here's here's really why I'm reading all of that. I, I needed you to hear his praise first, though. Like, you can't skip over the praise, and then you just can't. So verse 14, but who am I and who are my people that we should be able to offer so willingly as this? For all things come from you, and of your own we've given you. Now, I want to tell you what, I know you got it, and um, I know you understand what he's saying. He's saying, look, I, I mean, how do we give you something? you you give us everything we got and, and we, we throw some tokens back at you. Um, it was yours to begin with and I know you got that but this is what's on my heart to tell you and I'm going to show you, okay, but I want to tell you in advance so you walk with me. Um, God does not ask you to do anything, to walk through anything, to be sent anywhere um, when he doesn't provide you with everything that you need. Let me try again. I didn't do that. I, I'm glad you all got it, but let me just do that again. God, um, God doesn't ask anything of you that he has not provided for, period. That's the only way it can work. <laughs> and he's not sadistic. <laughs> In other words, he, couldn't, he wouldn't never send you somewhere and, and, and not give you what you need and, and just watch you go off and try. He only sends you into the impossible. Now, I speak about this, and it's coming up. I know you haven't even seen the word joy yet but it's in this passage, but it's coming up. He, he does not send you into anything that he's not provided for. That includes rejoicing in the night season. Did you follow me? The kingdom of heaven is accessible. And so in places where it says a few messages back, we talked about, um, I don't have the location at the moment, but rejoice always, pray without ceasing. And rejoice always actually means rejoice always. He, he would never command you to rejoice always if he didn't provide in the spirit place what you need, the joy that you need to rejoice. Are you tracking with me? It would be sadistic and mean to command that if he didn't, wasn't providing what you need. Now, it does take faith. Remember the currency. Faith is what reaches to the spirit place to, to 
with, with a violent act of the will to grab what God has provided, the joy that is impossible and of the Spirit, and to rejoice. You checking? I didn't say that it was easy. I'm just saying he provided for it. It is accessible. You can violently reach out and take what God provides. Okay. All right, go on with me. And he says, um, verse 15, For we are aliens and pilgrims before you, as were all our fathers. Our days on earth are as a shadow and without hope. Let me read the next line. Okay, 16. O Lord our God, all this abundance that we have prepared to build you a house for your holy name is from your hand and is all your own. Now listen, um, notice that it said um, our days here are and without hope. Why does he say that? The without hope part, you understand, where's our fullness of joy? You remember? In the presence, in his presence is fullness of joy. Now you got to get this. For them, um, building the temple was not like a building project. Okay, it wasn't like we need to expand, we need to blow out a wall here. It's not that. It was, for them, the building of the temple was making a place for God to be at home. It was, it's understood that the, the presence of God is the building of the temple. The without hope part is how, how can we possibly be in your fullness if we haven't made a place for the fullness of your presence? Now, I think we might read it, but I'm feeling led to say it now. So you understand there are also places that call you a living stones, right? What God's doing is he's building a place for his presence. So when you read about this, you're reading about your spiritual reality. You are being built into the place where his fullness of joy is his presence, okay? Now, now listen. Yes, I'm on it. So... Um, verse 17, I know also, my God, that you test the heart and have pleasure in uprightness. As for me, in the uprightness of my heart, I have willingly offered all these things. Now listen, and now with joy, I've seen your people who are present here to offer willingly to you. Now listen, why does he say with joy, I've seen your people? It's because what he's doing, what he's witnessing is not, not just a bunch of people. <laughs> he's witnessing a bunch of people positioning themselves to become the place for the fullness of God, for the presence. They're positioning. Bringing these offerings is positioning. You can't demand, you can't manipulate in the presence of God. It is, in, it is an offering back to God. Everything he's giving you, offering back to God, is building a temple that is a place for his presence where is the fullness of joy, which includes the actual things, okay? The things of joy. He's that good. He wants you to have the actual things. No, this is not a prosperity gospel. It's something else. That's not what I'm doing. <laughs> why is he in joy Be because as he watches these people he's, he's in joy because he craves to get to the place where the fullness of God's presence is in the people 
Now, here's what I want you to see, and, and this is where we're going now, okay? And this is really, I haven't even really started yet. This is all introduction. Because <laughs> I have something to say. <laughs> but um, notice that the joy came before, and that's really what you've got to get. He, it is joy that begins to bring about the building of the house before they have the fullness of where our joy is. Did I do okay there? Did you catch it? It's so important to see the order. Now I'm going to tell you the answer before we go there. And then I'm going to prove it. So you don't just have to take my word for it, but I'm going to tell you, joy, this value, joy creates room for God to put his fullness. Okay? It's something that with faith... We take out when it's impossible. It doesn't make any sense to have joy. We don't have the fulfillment of his fullness yet. And I'm, I'm going to show you the pattern. It's just absolutely true from cover to cover. Joy is taken with faith. It's pulled, not from the mind. Don't try it. It'll just hurt you. I've, don't try it. You, don't fake it. it I, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about with faith. It's pulled from the place of the Spirit and brought out to make a place for God to put the fullness. <laughs> okay, now let me prove it to you. I, I see some of you are tracking and others are like, so I got it, okay. Um, go to, you know what, just do this. Go to Matthew 13. We're gonna skip some Matthew 13, verse 44. I'm gonna show you the pattern. Just just enough. I could do it cover to cover. I'm going to show you just enough so if somebody's struggling, you can track with me. This is a one-verse parable of the kingdom. Maybe one of my favorite places. Yeah, but I have like a thousand favorite places. So. It says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid. So he finds this treasure. He finds the kingdom. And for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Now notice the order. Notice that for joy over it, that's before he owns it. For joy over it, he has, he has to go, hide it, go from it, position in order to have it. Position, sell everything or whatever positioning is in your situation. That's how the kingdom works. Joy comes first. Isn't that impossible and weird? No, nothing's impossible with God. He doesn't send you or ask anything of you that he didn't provide for. <laughs> if he says rejoice always, he provided for rejoicing in the spirit man. That's good. That is a good word. Okay, Psalm 51. Go there, verse 10. I'm just going to show you very quickly several instances of this pattern. Here it's, uh, you're going to know this is famous. We make songs on this. Create in me a clean, I promise I won't sing again. That's the, <laughs> that's the only time I'll bust out in song. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence. You see it? Because why? Because that's where the fullness of joy is. <laughs> and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Now listen, Restore to me the joy of your salvation 
and uphold me by your generous spirit. Now, let me just stop for a second. We're going to keep reading. But notice that um, this is a guy who knows of salvation, right? Or he wouldn't be saying, restore to me the joy of your salvation. He knows of this, and yet he's saying, restore to me. So look, I hope that that makes you feel at home, like with David as a brother of yours, because in other words, he knows of salvation, but he's gotten into a night season. <laughs> he's saying, restore to me the joy of salvation. Um, hold me by your generous spirit. I can't even do this this morning, but I wish we could get a revelation on how generous his spirit is toward you, <laughs> even if the night season lies. And then verse 13, then I will, now get this, verse, then verse 13, then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners shall be converted to you. Do you remember the prophesied joy? It's the joy of the harvest. You notice the last line is the harvest, the joy of the harvest. But the order here is, he says, restore to me the joy of salvation it's a prayer for help me in my spirit because by faith I need to pull something out that doesn't make sense right now so that I can get back into the fullness, the joy of the harvest. There's an order there. It is an order that does not make sense to the natural mind. Joy opens the door, creates the space. It gives a place for God to go. It gives him something to fill. All right, just in case we don't got it yet, um, go with me to Galatians chapter four. And truthfully, this is, this is just gonna shine clear. If anybody struggled along the way, um, you're in good company. I struggled along the way getting this ready. So um, <laughs> welcome to my world. This will make it shine clear, okay? Promise. Where do I want to start? Um, okay, it's a strange place to start, but I'm just going to do it this way anyway. Verse 25. Go read the whole chapter, okay? Go read Galatians 4, um, your mission, should you choose to accept. Did I give you 25 or did I blow that? Okay, good. All right. Um, and it's going to be weird at first. Just just let it go. It's just you got to start somewhere. It says, for this Hagar is Mount... You know what? Did I give you starting at 21? Okay, we're doing that. Go back to 21 with me. <laughs> Tell me, you who desire to be under the law, do you not hear the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondwoman, the other by a free woman. But he who was of the bondwoman was born according to the flesh, and he of the free woman through promise. Remember, we read in Ephesians chapter 2 last week concerning his government, you've become citizens of the commonwealth of the covenants of promise. Okay, this is talking about that, but we'd need another hour if I keep talking there, so I won't. Um, which things are symbolic? Now, I've got to say I love that. A lot of times people are like, who told you that the Old Testament is a perfect picture of your spiritual reality? Like, like an, I just love when the Word of God make, it gives me the thing where I can go, ha, if it wasn't obvious to you, it just said right there, which things are symbolic. <laughs> 
For these are the two covenants, the one from Mount Sinai, which gives birth to bondage, which is Hagar. For this Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia and corresponds to Jerusalem, which now is and is in bondage with her children. You see why I wasn't going to start there, but I'm going to tell you why I went back. But the Jerusalem above is free, which is the mother of us all. Now listen, basically, let me break that into like one or two sentences. That's basically saying... Um, there is there is bondage and lack of freedom. There's the life of the slave. In the larger context, if we read like the whole chapter and everything, it's saying you've become a son of God. Thank you, God. No longer a slave, you're of the free. Everything that is the father's is yours. Everything in the house is your, all the kingdom <laughs> is accessible because you're a son. That's what that's saying. And the Jerusalem above is free. We should teach on that sometime. That's huge. In other words, let me give the easy version. That means the spiritual reality that is over the top of every physical thing that you experience, even your wacky mind stuff where we all need help, um, there's a spiritual reality that's free, freely given. Not only freedom, but freely given. Okay, now here's why we're reading this. All of that. So it didn't just sit out there all by itself. <laughs> I'm going to read this really slowly. Listen to these words. Rejoice, O barren, you who do not bear. Break forth and shout, you who are not in labor. For the desolate has many more children than she who has a husband. Now listen, this is it. This is, this is everything that I had to kind of, I, I feel like I needed to set up for. I could have just read this and said, okay, we're going home. That's what you get. Understand that rejoice, how is rejoice related to joy? Rejoice is the active form of joy. Okay? And, and you actually see that in the next line. Break forth and shout. Those are actions of joy. You tracking? Now, it says, let me, just go, let me just do this again. Rejoice, O barren, you who do not bear. Here's a command here, pulled, pulled forth, quoted from the prophets. Um, hopefully, you're seeing the same pattern, but boy, how clear here. Rejoice, O barren. In other words, it's telling us in advance, when barren, <laughs> when in the night season where nothing's right and I'm not fruitful, in fact, what I'm naturally supposed to be able to do for a woman, I'm not, not for me, you know, for a woman, what I'm naturally supposed to be able to do, I'm not able to do. Not according to God's order right now, the season is so dark. That place is the place where he says, Rejoice, O barren, you who do not bear. You got it? And then he says, to, to just push it over the edge, it says, break forth. In other words, take, take something from the Spirit, the rejoicing, and literally break forth with shout. Who should do that? You who are not in labor. In other words, you who are not producing anything. The, the painful place. Okay, for the desolate 
has many more children than she who has no husband. What's that saying? That's saying, um, does anybody in here need a breakthrough? <laughs> On some situation for you, yourself, your kids, your, your kids' kids, whatever it is, a breakthrough. I want to tell you, this is, this is breakthrough. How does that happen? It happens by taking from the things of the Spirit by a violent act of faith and making a shout when it doesn't make any sense. Because why? Because it's that building of the temple. It's why we had to do all of that. Why were they so um, obsessed with making this big stone building? Because in the presence of God is fullness of joy. And we want that. It's the place where all the harvest, where all the activity of God produces all the harvest, all the flow, all the glory of God is among us. And they didn't even have the place built. They had not positioned themselves yet to have the fullness of God's presence. Are you tracking? But how does that happen? It began in what we read in an offering of joy. When it didn't make sense, they pulled forth from faith, from things that God had spoken, from being in the covenant of promise, and they, had, they, they, they made a place for God to begin, begin putting the fullness in the offering of joy. We make a place for God to come in. We make a place for him to start the breakthrough in our life. I was going to read all kinds of places in Ezra and Nehemiah, and every time they hit one more step, well, we've got the foundation laid, and you want to go, well, that's pretty pathetic. <laughs> Great, you've got a foundation. Cool, I remember when the foundation was laid for my house, and I'm looking out there. It looked like it was going to be a far smaller house than I thought I was building. I'm, I'm like, well, that's pathetic. It didn't create great rejoicing. <laughs> and But... You, you find that they would shout in physical activity, prophesying to what's true in their spirit, man. They would bust forth in a joy over the foundation is laid. The presence of God is coming in fullness right here. <laughs> how many, you need it right here. <laughs> I need it right here. Now I want to tell you how you get your breakthrough. You do the impossible. You grab, God is all about the impossible. You grab your faith when, there is no, when there's nothing to be joyful about and the things of the kingdom, what the kingdom of God provides is an impossible joy. Something that's not of this world, it does require faith to reach in and grab it, but it is at hand. The entire ministry of Jesus was to make the things of the kingdom at hand. If you can grab that much joy, do it <laughs> and then shout over it because you'll start making a place for more joy. You give him something to fill. It's in the atmosphere of joy that his presence comes in, in the offering of joy. That's why we start with the praise team. You'd never want me to start first because I'm usually like a wreck. I need to do this praise thing to pull out some joy just to get into the presence of God again. <laughs> Thank God for the praise team.
Now, to go to the Lord's table this morning, I, I want to, um, <laughs> I actually just want to offer something. I want to see, do you all want, it's on my heart. You see, I think there's two things here this morning. I think there are some of us that are in a great season. Thank God for those, right? <laughs> I love when I'm in a great season. It's all filled up with joy and fruitfulness. And I also know there are a lot among us this morning that are in some of the worst seasons they've gone through in their life where pulling this joy is really hard. And they would do this as one man. You know what I mean by that? They would come together with this joy and they would do this together. And I guarantee you there was somebody struggling. <laughs> somebody who had, a, who had a quieter shout than the, than the weirdo standing next to him. It's like, boy, you're really into this. <laughs> right? We need, we lift each other up. And I just, if you want to, I just want to do this thing. I was at um, my son's hockey game last night, and it blew me away how deafeningly loudly people can scream and yell over 10-year-old hockey. <laughs> there is joy in hockey. <laughs> and a little violence, too. It's not that different than the kingdom. Maybe that's why I love the sport. <laughs> it's very violent. Um, my dad used to say, we should have a fight and see if a hockey game breaks out. <laughs> I would go, Dad. Now, seriously, this is what's in my heart. And it's just an invitation. I feel like we should, we should stand up together. And for some of you, this is going to be hard. <laughs> because you're not in a season that's all loaded with joy. You're going to have to use your faith and reach in and pull out a physical action that expresses the joy of God. But you're going to have su support. There's some people in here that have that joy. And they're going to be yelling, so nobody's really going to notice you. Do you all want to do this? Can we give a shout of joy to Jesus? Okay. All right. And, and just remember, as we do this, this this physical prophecy that we're about to make of what's true in the spirit creates a bigger space for the dwelling of his presence. I, I choose to believe the word of God. It says when we do this physical thing, we're making a space for the actual spirit of God, okay? And it's okay if this builds, but just let's just give what we got. I'm going to turn off my microphone so I don't <laughs> break eardrums. <laughs> but, okay, and so
You can make my mic hot again. Thank you. (laughs) That's good. I think that that's good. If we can do it for sports, man, let's do it on Advent Joy morning. Okay, will someone help? Will you help me carry this table out? Thank you, brother. We're just going to move it. If you go that way, I'll go this way, right in the middle. Thank you. There is joy at this table. There's joy at this table. One of these is gluten-free. Now, as you come to the table, (laughs) here's what we do. This front one is gluten-free. Um... That worked for me. Did that work for you guys? Um, As you come to this table, remember, I would just ask you to invite the Holy Spirit to, if you're, I have a feeling you're, can I, may I ask you something? Are you, you're still feeling struggle, right? But did that help? Did God meet you in that place with the body? Okay, now listen, she's probably, she's she's still going to have some struggle. And so are you whoever you are and whoever else is struggling, but, um, but she was met there. She was met in that place of joy. The space for God was expanded. And I would just say, as you come to the table, invite the Holy Spirit to bring a deep revelation on what we've talked about this morning, that, that he would begin to quicken our spirits to know that when, when it gets the worst or when darkness tries to win, we can expand the space for God by using our faith to reach for what he promised is at hand. He promised to make it accessible, the impossible stuff. Father, we ask that um, this Christmas season, in every family and every heart, no matter what we're going through, we ask that this would be a season of the revelation of what is available to us. In the authority of your name, I ask that on on all of us, that... uh, that you would reveal what is available to us, what is within our reach that we don't even know to reach for yet. I thank you that your love over us is uncomprehendable, incomprehensible. And I ask that as you reveal your love over this Christmas season, you'd also, in your spirit, be revealing to us what what we are to be reaching out to take hold of. Even if requiring a violence of our will, Lord, just reveal it so we start reaching. Begin to create the hunger for what is ours, what is your fullness. Break forth the spirit of joy in us. And uh, even those of us that are going through um, miserable things, broken things and hard things, uh, our hope is in you. We know that you love us and we have an expectation that you're going to do powerful things in this place. We expect you. Uh, we, we, uh, we hunger for your presence, for your actual activity deep in our inner man. In the name of Jesus. Or we're wasting our time.